Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our MLB Power Rankings show where we break down my weekly Power Rankings column that goes up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. We're recording this on Monday night, May 9th, just for context as we talk about wins and losses and stats and whatnot. I'm Drew Silva. Joining me here and every week throughout the season is my co-host Janice Scurrio. Welcome in, Janice. Uh, now into the second week of May, most teams around 30 games in. Uh, is there anything specific that you're looking forward to this upcoming week? Absolutely. So I am always looking to any Shohei Otani start. Uh, it looks like his next turn on the mound will be uh, this upcoming Wednesday versus the Rays. So he's three and two, three and two on the season with a 3.08 ERA. Uh, the Angels have certainly been turning heads lately, and rightfully so, as they're currently at the top of the AL West. Uh, he got a, an incredible 29 whiffs, including 10 each, with his fastball and slider in his last start. Uh, he's also won three starts in a row. Uh, pitching for the Rays is going to be Shane McClanahan. Uh, he's two and two with a 3.06 ERA. Got five strikeouts and walked only two batters in his last outing against the Mariners. Uh, So uh, he's just allowed uh, three runs or fewer in in six consecutive outings this year. So that should be an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah, Angels at number seven in my power rankings this week up from number eight. We won't talk about them tonight because we do uh, the top five and the biggest risers and biggest fallers, and they don't really qualify for any of those. But yeah, moving on up the charts, um, have their stars healthy, which is always a factor with that team a little promo read before we get started here weekends are better with mlb sunday leadoff coverage presented by uber eats catch the padres facing off against the braves in atlanta on sunday may 15th at 11 30 a.m eastern live on nbc and peacock to learn more go to peacocktv.com slash mlb and if you want a chance to win $25,000 on that game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em contest. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out 
into the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, let's jump into this week's power rankings. As usual, we do a deep dive on each of the teams in the top five and then discuss the three biggest risers and the three biggest fallers from the previous week to the current week. If you want rankings and observations on all 30 clubs, check out the full power rankings column on Tuesday. Usually goes up late morning, early afternoon, depending on how long it takes me to actually write the thing. All right, start us out, Janice, with who we have at number one overall this week. At number one overall, it is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, So the Dodgers have been a powerhouse in the league since the beginning of the season. And when Mookie Betts is on his hitting game, uh, the the Los Angeles is absolutely unstoppable. So as of Sunday night, uh, we are not recognizing today's game. uh, The 731 win percentage. The Dodgers uh, have the best record in Major League Baseball. uh, And uh, we're on a six-game win streak. Uh, So uh, Mookie Betts uh, was on a nine-game hit streak, and that also includes five multi-hit games. Uh, So in his last 14 games, again, not counting today's game, uh, he's 18 for 53. Uh, That's a 340 average with a 1060 OPS, including five home runs and a double. Yeah, the the Dodgers did just lose to the Pirates tonight. but I thought we weren't going to talk about that. (laughs) I I told Janice not to mention it uh, (laughs) just because it messes up all all of our notes. On the Dodgers, who, like you said, were riding a six-game winning streak into Monday's series opener at Pittsburgh, coming off sweeps of the Giants and the Cubs last week. They outscored the opposition 38-8 to across those six straight victories. Dodgers pitchers allowed just three total runs in a three-game weekend sweep at Wrigley Field. That's now just 60 runs allowed for L.A. pitching through 26 games, which is historic territory. Uh, the 1981 A's are the only team in the last 65 years to allow 60 runs or fewer through the first 26 games of a season. And the Dodgers' current plus 74 run differential, if we're not including Monday's results, that would be tied for the eighth best run differential ever through 26 games for any team. Um, some some very fun, fun facts that I didn't want to be ruined by the Pirates. I think that was the, the Pirates' first win against the Dodgers since June 2018. That's a fun um, fact. So, yeah, nearly f- was that four whole years. That's a fun fact, too, but we'll we'll file that under the Pirates in the column that goes up again on Tuesday late morning, early afternoon. Walker Bueller made his 100th career start on Sunday at Wrigley and tossed seven innings of one-run ball to lower his season ERA to 1.96. He has a career 2.70 ERA through those first 100 starts, which is f- the fourth lowest ERA through 100 starts since the mound was lowered in 1969. Uh, Dwight Gooden is atop that list with a 2.28 ERA through his first 100 starts. Ron Guidry, 2.48 ERA. Vita Blue, 2.55. And then comes Bueller at 2.70. And Bueller's 0.99 career whip is the very best whip by any pitcher through 100 starts since at least 1901. Um, Walter Johnson, 1.02 whip through 100 starts. Ed Walsh, 1.02. Addy Joss, 1.00. And again, B- B- yeah. 
Beeler's at 0.9. Joss was like a he was a pre-World War One pitcher. I think he pitched from like 1902 to around 1910. His career ended pretty early. Um, so, yeah, we're, you know we're talking about some serious history for Bueller when you bring up those kind of names. Um, and, it's yeah, it's not just the fantastic pitching. Some key hitters are heating up as well. You mentioned Mookie Betts, 14 for 36 with three homers and eight RBIs during his current nine-game hitting streak. Freddie Freeman has reached base safely. 12 times over his last 25 plate appearances. Freeman batting 409 with six extra base hits during that stretch. Uh, so, yeah, the Dodgers stick at num- number one for me for yet another week. I believe that's four weeks in a row now. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So at number two, the New York Yankees. Uh, so the Yankees split a doubleheader with the Rangers on Sunday. Uh, they are 12 and two in their past 14 games and 14 and three in their past 17. So Giancarlo Stanton, a uh, clutch isn't a real stat, I know, but four of out of six of his home runs this season have either tied the game or gave the Yankees the lead. So this afternoon, uh, those numbers I just uh, blurted out did not count today's game, but I did see that Nestor Cortez flew with a no-no this afternoon. Yeah, we can include this one because it happened in the afternoon and I, I had time to adjust my notes. Um, I make the rules here, James. <laughs> <laughs> and what you said about clutch stats too, I, I agree with that. Like it's not predictive of anything, but it's also a record of what happened. And I, 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 there's no skill to it necessarily, but I don't know. I think it's something to celebrate. That's how I feel about RBIs too. Like I know it doesn't really mean anything moving forward, but if you drive in runs, you're helping the team win games. And you're going to win. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think that counts. Yep. So, yeah, the Yankees are 13-2 and two over their last 15 games, if, if we're counting that, that win over the Rangers on Monday afternoon. That includes an 11-game winning streak that stretched from April 22nd to May 3rd. Also includes that one nothing shutout victory over the Rangers on Monday afternoon, which Nestor Cortez carried a no-hitter into the top of the eighth, as you mentioned. He racked up a career-high 17 swing and misses while recording 11 strikeouts across his seven and a third scoreless frames he now is a 1.41 era and 42 strikeouts through 32 innings six starts this year the 27 year old lefty is the first pitcher in all of yankees history with at least 40 strikeouts and six or fewer runs allowed in his first six appearances to begin a season and yeah we know there are some serious names in yankees history so what he's done this this year is incredible it's just like it's legendary stuff um from a guy who was a 36th round pick in the 2013 MLB draft. He's bounced around between three different organizations. The Yankees did draft him in the 36th round back in 2013, but Cortez debuted with the Orioles in 2018 and also spent some time with the Mariners. Now he's a key factor in in what's happening in the Bronx. Anthony Rizzo provided the only run of Monday's game with an RBI double that scored Aaron Judge in the bottom of the eighth. Already the 22nd RBI of the year for Rizzo. He has a 907 OPS. Judge leading the way on that team with a 962 OPS. Uh, Josh Donaldson, his numbers aren't that great right now, but he's riding a 10-game hitting streak. Um, So a lot going right right now for the Yankees. The first American League team to reach 20 wins here in 2022 and and next up at, at number three of this week's NBC Sports Edge Power Rankings is the first National League team to reach 20 wins. Oh, way to give away some spoilers, Drew. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it is the New York Mets. 
Uh, so in yesterday's game uh, versus the Phillies, Pete Alonso clubbed two homers uh, and pick up, picked up five RBI. Uh, and uh, so the, the Mets split that doubleheader uh, with the Phillies yesterday. Uh, so like you mentioned, the Mets are the first team to 20 wins this season. Uh, the Yankees were the second. And they currently have a six-game lead in the NL East. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, still yet to lose a series this season. They, they split a four-game set with the Braves to begin last week's slate and then took two or three from the Phils in, in sort of a rain-interrupted weekend series. You mentioned the doubleheader on Sunday. Yeah, sitting very comfortably in first place in the National League East right now is the only team in that division with a winning record are the Mets. Six games up on the second-place Braves, who are 14-16 and 16 as of Monday evening. Uh, the Marlins are 13 and 15, the Phillies 12 and 16, and then the Nationals sitting at the bottom at, at 10 and 20. Um, it's kind of old news by now, but that ninth inning comeback last Thursday night in Philadelphia sort of signified that this Mets team might be really different. Like here to stay near the top of my rankings and, and there to stay leading that division. They were down. 7-1 to the Phillies going into the ninth inning last Thursday. Wound up winning 8-7. to Brandon Nimmo provided the game-tying two-run single and then scored on Starling Marte's go-ahead double. It was the first time in 857 games across Major League Baseball that a team won a game after trailing by six runs or more going into the ninth. And the previous 330 times the Mets trailed by six runs in the ninth were all losses. Um, so a, a pretty incredible comeback there, and, and the Mets are the Mets are buzzing. You mentioned Pete Alonso had a big day Sunday. Chris Bassett started that game, picked up his fourth win. He's tied for the major league lead in wins. He has an ERA of two point four five. Um, so, so yeah, things feel different right now in Queens. I, I think Mets fans are finally kind of starting to believe, which you know, it's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm almost bad even saying that, but yep, Mets are at number three again for, for another week. All right. Uh, so they live uh, to see number three for another week at number four, the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, so Rowdy Telez, who was just named uh, the national league player of the week and uh, Willie Adamas are certainly making some waves. So as of Sunday night, uh, Telez is slashing 270, 330, 596 with seven homers and 24 RBI as of Sunday night. So uh, yeah, he's also tops in the league in barrel rate, exit velocity, ex Woba. And he's also just mashing the ball. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Willie Adamas is also doing fantastic as well. 291, three, 391, 746 with seven homer, homers, set 19 RBI and one stolen base over his last 14 games. Yeah, even Telez's outs like seem to, to go a long way. His baseball savant page is just littered with red right now. Um, those consecutive losses to the Braves on Saturday and Sunday were the first back-to-back -back losses for the Brewers since mid-April. Uh, winners of nine of their last 12 games entering Monday night series opener in Cincinnati. Three at Miami to follow, so it's kind of padding time, time to grow their lead in the NL Central if they can take advantage of this weaker schedule swing. Rowdy Telez, as you said, was named National League Player of the Week for May 2nd through 8th after putting up three home runs, four doubles, and 12 RBIs in a span of six games. That comes after Willie Adamas, who you also brought up. He earned NL Player of the Week honors for April 12th to May 1st, and that's the first time that the Brewers have claimed back-to-back -back Player of the Week awards since Lyle Overbay and Ben Sheets in 2004. 
That's a throwback. Yeah. And before that, in 1987, when Paul Molitor won it two weeks in a row. Um, and then before that, it was like Robin Yount had won it two weeks in a row or maybe shared it with with some other Brewers player. Um, but, yeah, some, some good fun facts on this show. Um, Telez, you mentioned, has 24 RBIs already through 28 games played and 887 OPS. Luis Urias is off to a highly encouraging start after moving past that spring quad strain. He's batting 353 with a 1029 OPS through his first 22 plate appearances. Corbin Burns, a 1.86 ERA, 50 strikeouts in 38 and two-thirds innings. Eric Lauer, 1.82 ERA, 42 strikeouts in 29 and two-thirds innings. Uh, just need Brandon Wood- Woodruff and Freddie Peralta to get dialed in, and then the Brew Crew will, will really be – Brewing, yeah. <laughs> Coffee, beer, both. Both, yeah. Coffee. An up, an upper, a downer. You know, you know how to mix it up. Uh, <laughs> Milwaukee moves up one spot for me this week from number five to number four. I do enjoy a good coffee stout, so perhaps we'll agree on that middle ground. Have you ever had the Pabst Hard Coffee? I have. In a can, yes. it's good. Yes, indeed. Great brunch companion. Yes. Um, But anyway, uh, (laughs) at number five, the Toronto Blue Jays. They're falling back to earth a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Kevin Gausman is still very good. Uh, So this year in 38 innings pitched, 46 strikeouts, 213 ERA, and just one walk. Uh, So the Blue Jays lost their first series, finally, against the Guardians. Uh, So interesting fact about that, the Blue Jays struck first in all four of those uh, games versus Cleveland, but just managed to to come away with just one win. And I should say, if if Pabst Hard Coffee wants to sponsor this podcast, we're we're totally open to that. Just send me an email, slide into my DMs. I'll drink it on the show. I know it's Monday night and I have a lot of writing to do after we get done here, but I can fit it in. It's it's energy, right? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. Send me the black coffee because I am lactose intolerant. So just a little note to the folks at Pabst. Perfect. You can rock the black coffee. I'll rock the vanilla or whatever that other one is. And perfect. Beautiful. We got it done. You're welcome, sales team. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit of a bumpy road at the moment for the Blue Jays. They've dropped five of their last seven games. They lost two of three to the Yankees to open last week's schedule and then lost three of four to the Guardians over the weekend, which is you know not ideal. Now a two-game set at Yankee Stadium on Tuesday and Wednesday before a three-game weekend series at Tampa Bay. Uh, so still in my top five for now, but we'll see how the, the Jays fare against a couple of division rivals Teoscar Hernandez returning from the injured list on Saturday, I think helps the cause. He missed a little under four weeks with the left oblique strain. And just looking up and down this lineup right now, they need better from, from Bo Bichette. He's at a 238 average, 267 on base percentage for Bo Bichette, uh, 624 OPS. Matt Chapman has connected for five homers, but he's batting 200 with a 276 OBP. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, Lourdes Gurriel have underwhelmed. As a team, the Jays rank 21st in on-base percentage at 300. 13th in combined OPS, so they are getting some slugging, but um, they're better than that. Like a team-wide 300 OBP. I I get that offense is down across the game, but uh, this group should be getting on base at a higher clip at the very least. Need better results from the back end of the rotation, too. Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa have been great. Uh, let's see what Jose Barrios can do on Tuesday in the Bronx. You say Kikuchi with a rematch versus the Yankees on Wednesday. Kikuchi pitched very well against them last week. Uh, maybe he can carry some of that over. No reason to panic yet in Toronto, but yeah, they could use a, a turnaround of sorts here soon. 
All right, let's go ahead and move on to your big risers of the week. Uh, so at number eight, climbing two spots from 10, the Houston Astros. So seven straight wins as of Monday afternoon. Uh, they swept the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Jeremy Pena leads all rookies in home runs, RBI, runs scored, uh, B-War and F-War this season. Uh, so uh, interestingly enough, he is currently second in B-War in the American League, uh, second only to Mike Trout, if you've ever heard of him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and first of all, shout out to Dusty Baker, who earned his 2000th win of his managerial career last Tuesday, I believe it was, against the Mariners. Yeah. Um, only the 12th manager in MLB history to, to net 2,000 managerial wins. The first black manager to reach that milestone. Um, very cool stuff. Baker began his managerial career in 1993 with the Giants. He's led five different teams to the postseason, the Giants, Cubs, Reds, Nationals, and now the Astros, the only manager to lead five different teams to the playoffs. And again, now the 12th manager ever to reach 2,000 wins. And actually that total is now up to 2,005 with the Astros on this roll. You you mentioned the seven-game winning streak. Uh, They swept home series against the Mariners and then the Tigers. Jake Odorizzi, Christian Javier, and Hector Neris combined in a one-hitter against Detroit on Sunday to to complete the 7-0 homestand. It it was the first undefeated homestand of at least seven games for the Astros since they went 7-0 against the Marlins and Pirates back in May 2003. After losing nine of their first 16 games to begin the season, the Astros have won 11 of their last 13. And across those 13 games, Astros pitchers have allowed three or fewer runs in 12 of them. Uh, Justin Verlander, who will start Tuesday's series opener at Minnesota, has a 1.93 ERA through five starts. Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, and Odorizzi, all with ERAs under 3.50. And on the hitting side, Jordan Alvarez is off to an incredible start this season, leading the way with a 9.57 OPS, eight home runs through 24 games played. Jeremy Pena, as you said, still looking great in his rookie campaign. Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, Michael Brantley, uh, Yuli Gurriel can all improve their stat lines moving forward. Look out when this team finally begins clicking offensively too because they're going to be a beast in that ALS division. At number 10, climbing up four spots from 14, the Minnesota Twins. Uh, some, some good news regarding Byron Buxton. Uh, his hip injury doesn't seem all that serious, uh, and he looks like he's going to avoid the injured list, uh, which is fantastic uh, news. Uh, yeah, he was hitting really well uh, before he went down with that injury. Uh, but the Minnesota Twins have won 14 of their last 17 games uh, and currently sit in first place in the AL Central, uh, just three games above the White Sox. Uh, and uh, yeah, they've also won nine out of their last 10 games. Yeah, Twins coming off a, a three-game weekend sweep of the A's. As, as you mentioned, seven of their last nine games have been wins, 14 of their last 17, jumping out to that three-game lead on first place in the American League Central. This could have been more of a, a downer segment with uh, the Buxton injury news that you mentioned, and there were the initial reports that Carlos Correa suffered a fracture in his right middle finger on a hit-by-pitch last Thursday against the Orioles. But imaging tests came back negative, and, and Correa should be back in action sometime this week. Avoided the IL with what has been diagnosed as just a contusion. And Buxton, yeah, he left Saturday's game against Oakland with a hip strain, but it's considered low-level severity-wise, and he too should avoid the IL. Probably back in there at some point, during the Twins' upcoming three-game series at home against the Astros. You always worry about 
health and durability with Buxton, but then there's what he does when he is on the field. Currently at 1064 OPS with nine home runs, 17 RBIs, and 17 runs scored in 19 games played. Also has a stolen base. Jorge Polanco has had some big hits lately. He's got 17 RBIs in 28 games. Joe Ryan is, is turning into an ace before our eyes, a 1.63 ERA through five starts. A big test for Joe Ryan against Houston and Justin Verlander on Tuesday. That's a super intriguing matchup. Emilio Pagan and, and Joan Duran leading the way at the back end of the Twins bullpen. They're sort of trading saves right now. Pagan got one on Friday, Duran on Saturday, then back to Pagan on Sunday. I think both of those guys are, are worth consideration, worth rostering in, in fantasy leagues as that situation sort of plays out. I, I don't know that I fully believe in this Twins roster overall, but things have rolled their way in the early going, especially with the White Sox stumbling out of the gate. Um, so maybe we're in for a big time bounce back in Minnesota from 89 losses and a last place finish in the AL Central last year to perhaps a playoff appearance this year. Again, now there are three wild cards, even if they don't claim the division, um, but we'll see. It is May 9th after all. <laughs> All right. So uh, your last big faller, I mean, I mean, riser, I mean, riser. I, I, I think that the, the team that you chose as a riser threw me off moment. Yeah, you had to really scroll down there. <laughs> That's a fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So at number 19, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, all right. So we really don't talk about the Diamondbacks in this section of the pod too much. Uh, so uh, Alec Thomas, uh, Arizona's number one prospect, was just called up and quit. Already he's making an impact. Uh, so mm-hmm. he hit a double and scored a run. Uh, in a shutout win. Uh, Zach Gallen did very well yesterday. Uh, seven innings pitched, uh, just gave up five hits, no walks, uh, seven strikeouts. Uh, so the Diamondbacks also have won nine out of their last 12 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, probably this is a very fun fact. Uh, they're batting 193 this year as a team uh, and somehow have a winning record. So what's going on there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but the, the National League West is the only division in baseball where every team is above the 500 mark, as of Monday evening at least, subject to change. I, I think I said it earlier, I, I'm not really believing that the Diamondbacks can stay above 500 or, or stick around in, in my top 20, but um, they're there right now with yeah nine wins in their last 12 games, as you mentioned, against the Dodgers, Cardinals, Marlins, and Rockies. Uh, Zach Gallen, you said, yeah, was terrific in Sunday's series finale against Colorado. Seven strikeouts, no walks, over seven scoreless innings. That dropped his season ERA down to 0.95, which I think is second best right now, only to Michael Kopech, who, who got down to, what, 0.93 on Monday night? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Gallen's allowed just three earned runs on 16 hits and four walks through 28 and a third innings this season. 26 strikeouts, a 2-0 and record. Uh, Alec Thomas you brought up, made his major league debut on Sunday, had a double and that run scored entered this season as the top ranked prospect in the diamondback system, a top 20 overall prospect at most sites that do prospect rankings in his 58 career games at the triple a level. Thomas, who is 22 years old, put up a, a 332 batting average and 996 OPS, 12 home runs, 32 RBIs, eight stolen bases and 51 runs scored again in 58 games at AAA. So he's got the power, the speed, the full five category upside for standard scoring fantasy leagues. I, I go grab Alec Thomas if, if he's available on your waiver wire out there. Um, his arrival is a, a boost to an Arizona offense that, 
yeah, you kind of mentioned they're dead last in total hits. Uh, the batting average is brutal, but there's a lot of brutal batting averages out there right now, as we've already kind of hinted at. Uh, Corbin Carroll is another big-time outfield prospect for the Diamondbacks. He's been lighting it up at double-A, I think could move to triple-A here soon. I don't know if we see Carroll in the majors this year. That might be more of a 2023 thing. But, yeah, I mean, good vibes in the desert overall, being being above 500, at least one game above 500 after that dismal 2021 season with maybe a bright future ahead. Um, not that I think that they're legit this year, but things are going well. Uh, over the last couple of weeks. They're legit-ish. We'll take it. <laughs> I wouldn't even give them legit-ish. But... <laughs> all right. All right. I uh, mean, they're they're number 19 in my rankings. Hey, the top 20 is is cool, but 19 is still pretty far down there. Except baby steps. Baby yeah, steps. Baby steps. All right. So let's move on to your big followers of the week. So at number 11, the San Francisco Giants. And whew, this was a big fall, falling five spots from number six. Uh, so they split the weekend series with the Cardinals. Uh, they're tied with the Rockies in the NL West, despite having a positive run differential. Uh, so they're three and seven in their last 10. So that NL West division, like we were just talking about, is a little contentious. Yeah, I mean, putting the Giants up at number six last week was probably a mistake. It didn't feel right off the bat. Uh, they did have a very encouraging opening month, though, a 14 and seven record in April, but they're two and five so far in May, three and seven over the last 10 games, managed to salvage that four game weekend series with the Cardinals with wins on Saturday and Sunday after losing Thursday and Friday. So stop the skid a little bit. Um, only one strikeout throughout the Giants lineup in Sunday's 4-3 win over St. Louis, and that, that came in the eighth inning with a Jock Peterson K. Um, I feel like that's a crazy feat in this modern version of the sport where there are so many strikeouts. 39 batters sent to the plate by the Giants, and only one of them struck out. Uh, no team has gone an entire game without striking out since the Royals in 2017 against the Twins. It last happened for the Giants in 2008, um, just to, to point out how rare that is. So I guess that's an encouraging note. Um, as San Francisco welcomes the Rockies to town, then heads to Bush Stadium and then Coors Field next week. Need a little more offense and some steadier pitching and, and what has become, you know, or what has been at least a, a competitive NL West division in the early going, like you said, I'm not sure the Rockies and, and Diamondbacks are for real. Again, we just touched on the Diamondbacks, but the Dodgers and Padres certainly are. And the Giants can't risk falling too far behind here in the first half of the season. Right. Uh, so speaking of teams that we are discovering may not be real, uh, the Seattle Mariners. Uh, so they are now at number 15, falling four spots from number 11. And I wanted them to be real so badly. Uh, but who knows? Maybe their realness will reveal itself in other forms. But they've got a positive run differential of plus one. <laughs> <laughs> they are two and eight in their last 10. Woof. So what, what, what is up with them? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, they're, they're a better team than what they've shown lately. Uh, Abraham Toro hit a game tying solo Homer in the ninth inning Sunday against the Rays. Ty France then walked it off with an RBI single in the bottom of the 10th. That was like a, a big rescue mission for the Mariners who avoided a four game sweep at the hands of Tampa Bay. It would have been Seattle's seventh straight loss. Uh, but still, the Mariners have lost six of their last seven and 10 of their last 12 
heading into Monday's series opener against the Phillies, down to three games below the 500 mark after climbing up to five games above 500 as recently as April 26th. This is all pretty sudden. Um, it wasn't all that long ago, like I think maybe our third episode of the year where the Mariners had the best run differential in the American League, and we were kind of poking fun at the fun differential thing from last year. But <laughs> as you said, that number is now just plus one. Uh, so hanging on by a thread on, on the positive side of that metric. They, they've been shut out twice already this month, four times on the year. Um, off-season trade acquisition, Jesse Winker is off to a really ugly start. Jared Kelnick's been even worse than Winker. Uh, Julio Rodriguez has a ton of stolen bases, I think 10 now, uh, but he's batting 235 with a 304 OBP, 627 OPS. So some growing pains for the young guys and for Winker as, as he moves over to Seattle. Robbie Ray has been very unsteady. Um, that's kind of who he's been throughout his career, except last year when he went out and won the AL Cy Young Award. Uh, Matt Brash sent back to AAA Tacoma to work on his command. He's got incredible raw stuff, but uh, Brash needs to be able to throw that great stuff for strikes. The bullpen, yeah, yeah, well done. <laughs> the bullpen hasn't been, I think, as good as it looked like it might be on paper before the season. So a, a bit of a snowball effect here and and now the Mariners go on a tour through the NL and AL East with the aforementioned Philly series then at the Mets for three then heading up to Toronto not the easiest matchups for the Mariners to try and get right I, I worry that we're going to be talking about them falling again next week and again with the with the Astros and Angels both playing as well as they are that's that's going to hurt I mean these these may losses these may losing streaks count as much as they do in August and September yeah, speaking of losing streaks, uh, your final faller of the week Ugh. at number 21, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, so uh, they were swept by the White Sox, uh, and they're just playing some absolutely atrocious baseball lately. Yeesh. Uh, so that was the sixth consecutive series loss for Boston. Uh, so out of the nine series that the Red Sox have played this season, they've just won one. Uh, Trevor Story has been absolutely terrible. 33% strikeout rate, no home runs. Uh, 194, 276, 269 line. Uh, so yikes. Uh, yeah, plenty of other problems in this uh, just, just in this lineup and rotation as well. Uh, but yeah, oof. This is kind of bonkers. The, the only team farther back than the Red Sox from first place in their respective division is the Reds who are off to one of the worst starts in MLB history at 5-23. and 23. Uh, Boston's 10-19, and 19, nine games under 500, and 10 and a half games back of the AL East leading Yankees. Cincinnati is 13 and a half back of the Brewers in the NL Central as of Monday evening. That's just insane to be 13 and a half games back, like dead in the water in the second week of May. That's the Reds, and again, the Red Sox are not too far behind. Uh, we talked about the Reds in depth on last week's show, and they're at the very bottom of these rankings. We probably won't discuss them on here for a while unless they somehow make a big move up. Uh, you can always get weekly updates on the Reds in the column, though, if, if Reds fans are looking for that or people just want to read me kind of roast them. Luis Castillo debuting here on Monday night, so I guess that's kind of exciting. As for the Red Sox, though, yeah, they've, they've lost five straight. Twelve of their last 15 got swept by the White Sox over the weekend, as you said. We carried that series finale on Peacock, the first Peacock game, uh, which was pretty cool. 
a 3-2 victory for Chicago. I, I said it on our post-game show on YouTube, but if, if you can't get right against Dallas Keuchel, I, I don't know how <laughs> you ever expect to get right. Um, yeah, I mean, we thought the offense would be pretty good and that pitching might hold the Red Sox back, but it has largely been the opposite. Mm. Uh, yeah, Beyond the contributions of Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, this lineup has been a wasteland. Like Alex Verdugo, a 573 OPS. You mentioned Trevor Story has been awful, a 545 OPS. Enrique Hernandez, who was batting leadoff for a time, has a 536 OPS. Bobby Dahlbeck bringing up the rear with a 440 OPS. It wouldn't shock me if he spent some time at AAA Worcester uh, coming up here soon. It, it's bad. It's really bad. And and now the, the rotation is without Michael Waka for at least a little while. He was sporting a 1.38 ERA through five starts when he landed on the IL on Sunday with intercoastal irritation. And the Red Sox don't really have the depth uh, pitching-wise to deal with injuries. Um, so I'm, I'm worried about all aspects. I think the offense will come around eventually. Trevor Story is not this bad of a player. Um, Enrique Hernandez will get it going. Verdugo is not this bad of a player. Uh, but it feels like once the offense starts getting it going, the pitching is going to crumble. Yeah, not good. All right, that'll do it for this week's Power Rankings show. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the Power Rankings column. goes up every Tuesday on NBC Sports Edge. Rankings observations on all 30 teams. Rate and review the Circling the Bases podcast. Any feedback is welcome. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Janice is at Scuriosa. Peace out. Peace out. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.